Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Thursday, July 2nd, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Paul, uh, it's, it's sort of a holding pattern right now. We're, we're waiting for these guys to, to finish their intake protocol, get into camp, get tested, and get ready to go for what we anticipate being the, the first day of workouts, however that's going to look, at Progressive Field and at Classic Park in Eastlake for the Indians as they get ready for the 2020 season. Yeah, Joe, if this uh, was, uh, you know, a normal spring training when we were out in uh, Goodyear, Arizona, this is the day where the players would get their physicals. There'd be a lot of guys walking around in shorts and a lot of doctors in white coats uh, (laughs) looking to examine them. So I'm sure that's exactly what's going on uh, today with all these guys with their, uh, you know, the players walk around with their lab reports in their hands and they go from station to station. And uh, but now they're getting tested for something that's a lot more dangerous than, uh, you know, I guess, uh, you know, a physical. And they're walking around at at Progressive Field or wherever the intake facility is uh, in masks and and following all the protocols. Right. A lot of them have been in town uh, already. There there were, in fact, I believe the entire starting rotation was supposed to be you know, on site already and have, having been tested and, and, and all that. So they were working out and not necessarily how it's going to ramp up come Friday when everybody, you know, is sort of following whatever schedule that, that Terry Francona and Brad Mills have put together. Yeah. It's going to be, uh, you know, some, what, 15 uh, players at uh, uh, classic park in uh, Eastlake and uh, 40 players that we know of, uh, at Progressive Field, uh, the Indians were talking about, uh, I think they've got to sign like five more players or they can sign five more players. And I, I would imagine we'll, we'll know, they'll, they'll fill out, the, they'll reach 60 players you know, sometime this weekend with, with those extra players, either more guys from the system or, as Chris Antonetti was talking about, bringing them from outside, outside the system. And uh, so we'll see that. But, yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting, Joe. Um, we're not allowed access till when? Sunday, right? Or no, uh, Monday. Mon- Monday's the first day in the park for reporters, yes. Yeah, so and, and it sounds like just from our conversations with Francona and, and Antonetti that they'll work out in shifts, kind of small pods of players. 
and uh, you know to keep um, the exposure down and um, you know so it's like two a days in football I guess I don't I don't know so right it's going to be interesting well and also from our conversations with the, the baseball operations folks with the Indians they said that more parts of the ballpark will also be utilized for players so spots places you wouldn't normally see players walking around in the ballpark they're going to they're going to be accessing throughout spring training and then even once games get going they're going to be using those areas to stay socially distant from their their teammates from the opposition uh you're going to see ball players from the opposition eating and drinking in the corner bar you know and, and hopefully they're not drinking uh, beer. well uh, <laughs> They might have the taps turned off. Who knows? A short one before the game, huh? Well, you know, or if you have a bad outing, maybe a, a tall one afterwards. Yeah. Uh, who knows? But it was just interesting to hear in the the home plate club that the Indians would be, you know, in in there. I wonder what kind of visuals that's going to make for when these games are broadcast on TV. If we're going to be able to see some of these players, even you know, sitting in uh, sitting on the bar stools watching the game, or uh, I know Terry Francona said. He's not a big fan of the idea of starting pitchers or players who are not involved in a particular game sitting in the stands behind the dugout. He says there's, there's, there's different ways for them to, to be involved or get their work done and go home that night, right. whatever the case may be. But I don't think that we're going to see those seats occupied by, you know, Mike Clevenger when Shane Bieber's on the mound, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, they, they always – you know, Frank Cohn and most managers like their starting pitchers on the days they're not working, uh, you know, would be in the dugout to support the, uh, the the position players. But, you know, that is not the case this year. You have to keep social distance. Uh, so I think the dugout will be used mostly for the guys in the lineup. And, you know, everybody else uh, is going to be sitting, you know, behind the dugout in, in the stands. And, they, they, and it, Tito said we might as well – take care of that open time to have the, the starting pitchers who aren't pitching, you know, get in the weight room and get their work done. And, uh, and so it's, a, it's, a, it's going to be a season of adjustments and, uh, you know, it kind of changes in the philosophy. Right. The thing I like, Joe, is that, uh, you know, uh, with uh, the care they're taking with Carlos Carrasco, um, they're, um, you know, they've, they've given him a, a, a uh, a field suite, right, to dress in. One of the dugout uh, just, suites, just by yeah. himself because of his health concerns, and this, and I think Brad Mills has a has a separate uh, dressing area because of his age, and so that's you know that's really you know you, you can tell they, they 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 put a lot of thought into this just to set up the physical arrangement of of the ballpark and change it to to adapt to these situ to this situation. Yeah, I, I wonder if Brad Mills his dugout suite is the one immediately next to the Indians dugout suite or dugout because that's separated by a clear glass pane. And just the, the photos that we, we might be able to see are the visuals of Terry Francona touching one side of the glass and Brad Mills touching the other side. And, you know, you could play the Sarah McLaughlin music over the back with the, <laughs> with the sad dogs. I think that would be uh, be very interesting. I might, might create a, a bit of a, a funny meme to, to post up there, but obviously not. All joking aside, this is a serious issue, but the Indians do appear to, to be taking it very seriously, and they have to. And the way that they're going to spread the players and personnel and staff out through the park is, is really going to be interesting to see. Just you, you, 
you've never seen opposing players sitting around at the corner bar or <laughs> the Indians at the home plate club behind, you know, directly behind home plate and the, the nice new bar area that's there. Uh, that's where some of these guys are going to be during the game. I, I just, I wonder if we're going to get to see it. Yeah, that's interesting. And think about, think of the work Tony Amato, uh, the, oh, God. the uh, uh, clubhouse, uh, the clubhouse boss has put in. I mean, he's had to move lockers. They, you know, they can't, they can't, lockers have to be, you know, distanced. And you, and they've had to do it in the home team clubhouse and the uh, visitors, you know, because mm-hmm. that's where, you know, the, the, the Indians will be, housed in, in both locker rooms during this spring training. Right. Uh, with 40 guys on the roster at Progressive Field, they're going to use both locker rooms at least for spring training. But then once games start, you've got to put the other team in there. So there are, there are you know, locker areas where the, the ballpark workers actually dress that they're going to be utilizing at those times. Again, this expansion of and seeing players in areas of the facility where you wouldn't normally see them, uh, it should be interesting. Just, just a totally different feel. And they should, they should be thankful for uh, Progressive Field that they have so much space. Can you imagine if this was at uh, at, at the old ballpark, Cleveland Stadium? Oh, They'd God. be dressing in Gabe Paul and Phil Seggy's office. <laughs> they couldn't find any space, other space in that place. Put guys out under the bleachers and everything. Yeah, uh, that's crazy. exactly right. Uh, all right, Hoinsey, let's uh, let's do a mailbag today. We'll we'll jump into some again. Uh, Indian subtext from Cleveland.com. You can subscribe at cleveland.com slash subtext. Log on. It's $3.99 a month. You get a, uh, the ability to text back and forth with Hoinsey and myself on uh, all information based on the Indians, uh, any, side of insight that, any kind of insight that we have, and you get that information first before it goes out on Twitter, before it goes out uh, on a post on the site. Uh, the, the subtext subscribers get it first. It's also your way to ask questions exclusively on our Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Hoinsey, let's, uh, let's jump in and take some questions from these guys. Okay, this is from Larry Case from Columbus. Um, is there any way for, in this shortened season, is there any way for teams to make trades? And will, that, and will the structure of such, such a, a trade deadline, will that increase the chances that the Indians would trade, for, trade Francisco Lindor? and what they could get in return for Lindor? Uh, I think it, there is a trade deadline. I believe it's uh, the end of August, correct? Right, August 31st. August 31st is the trade deadline. And I, as far as what you could get back for a Lindor, I think the, the fact that it's a 60-game season is, would definitely impact that. I don't think a team's going to uh, give up a, a high-level prospect for uh, a month and then, you know, the, the 21 season, uh, not definitely not what you would have gotten for him had you traded him in the beginning of this offseason. Uh, but, yeah, Francisco Lindor can be traded. Will he be traded? I, I doubt it. Yeah, I think the general uh, consensus is not many big trades are going to happen during this season, especially at the deadline when you played, what, 30 games? I know, obviously, 30 games or so is going to be half the season. And, uh, but I just, uh, I think, uh, it'll be the, the deals that are made will be more for, you know, s- supplemental players 
if you need a left-hander in the bullpen, if you need a, you know, an extra infielder, those kind of deals will take place. I don't think you're going to see a, a, you know, a blockbuster deal. Well, and, and we, like we talked with our, uh, our Detroit reporter, Evan Woodbury, uh, on Monday, you know, a guy like an Ivan Nova who was signed for, for depth in their starting rotation, you know, a team like Detroit doesn't need depth in their starting rotation this year necessarily. So he's a piece that if he's if he has a few strong outings in the beginning, maybe he gets dealt to a contending team to, to give them depth in a rotation. Yeah, but, that's a great point, Joe. But um, yeah, probably not. You're not going to see a a blockbuster deal uh, anytime before the off season. This is from uh, Phil from Columbus. Do you think the tribe still views Bobby Bradley as an everyday player in the first base and DH role? Or does the fact that they went out and got Fran Mill Reyes, um, does that hurt Bradley's chances of uh, becoming a regular with the tribe? Well, I, I think more than Fran Mill Reyes, I think uh, adding Domingo Santana on a guaranteed contract hurt Bobby Bradley's chances for, for at least this season. Uh, Bobby Bradley, I, I keep just, I just keep thinking that, uh, like you said, he, he might be like the Jesus Aguilar, uh, you know, just never be, always being blocked and never finding a spot, but he, he's maybe somebody that they're, they're trying to showcase for, uh, trade value at some point, maybe in the off season, maybe you can package him with somebody and, and get a, a player in return. I, yeah, I don't know what Bobby Bradley's future holds with the Indians. Uh, he certainly has the, the power profile that, that teams like, but you know, he, he, he just might need a little bit more of a chance and he's not going to get that with the Indians with Santana blocking him at first base. Yeah, that's a good point. And, uh, you know, he does, he does have some options. He does have an option left, at least one. Um, you know, the, the one thing that could clear a spot for him, you know, uh, Domingo Santana's on a one-year deal. Uh, and Carlos Santana is a free agent after this year with a club option. So that perhaps will, will open an avenue for uh, uh, Santana, I mean, for uh, Bradley. And, uh, you know, Reyes, we still don't know. I mean, everybody loves Reyes' bat, but where is he going to settle? Is he going to be a full-time DH or is he going to play some right field? I think it will see him in right field this year. But, uh, you know, he, sh- he certainly profiles as a DH to me. So, you know, I think uh, Bobby Bradley's got a, you know, he's done everything he can at AAA. When he gets his shot here, and he can't he can't do what he did last year. He can't come up here and and go whatever you know. He did not he hit a home run, but he after you know after an initial pretty couple good games initially he he kind of struggled. He's he's got to come up here and and establish himself and take advantage of whatever at bats he gets. He he did hit a home run. He hit a home run that I, I think still hasn't come down yet. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was almost into the second deck in right field. It was. It, it was might be the, one of the longest shot. home runs the Indian an Indians player hit last year. Yeah, absolutely. He and, well, and, and Jake Bowers actually hit a, a a home run last year that was you know very far, very uh, I think it's to the back wall of the uh, the bullpen area, and you gotta you gotta figure on Jake Bowers also you yeah know, in at, at at first base. He, I forgot he, about Bowers. Can't yeah. forget that his 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 probably his best position in the field is first base. Yeah. This is from uh, Charles Bentley uh, from North Ridgeville. What happens with the minor leaguers who are not on the 60 man roster? Do the Indians keep their rights or do these guys become free agents to be signed by another club? Oh, they're still, they're still, 
controlled by the Indians, I believe that it's not like they're they're all granted free agency. You you might see them working at your local Meyer or uh, Menards this this <laughs> off season, but uh, they are still controlled by the Indians in terms of their baseball futures. Yeah, you you can become a minor league free agent after six years in right. the minors. So any of these guys at the end of this season that have six years up, they can, you know, uh, they have six years of, of professional baseball uh, service. They can become free agents. But right now they're still under contract to the Indians. We still don't – I still haven't found out if they're getting – if the Indians have agreed to pay the players, the minor leaguers, past June. I know they had agreed – to pay them through June, and usually the the minor league season ends on uh, in August, so we'll have to check that out. Right, and it was a it was like a four hundred dollars stipend, right? It wasn't like their full their full salary. It was a portion right. of whatever they were whatever they were due to make. So, yeah, it, these guys are going to have to it, the the top prospects are the ones that are going to be at East Lake. Obviously, there's you know of those fifteen guys, probably twelve of them are are ranked in the top 30 in the Indians prospects, but you know, it's, it's the guys, there's 200 minor leaguers. There's, you know, 170 guys there who aren't getting to play baseball this year. But again, for the most part, those are the guys whose jobs it is to fill out a team so that your Daniel Espinos and your bone nailers can make it to the big leagues. Yeah. This uh, from Ryan from Willoughby. Do you think there's any chance that the financial ramifications from uh, the coronavirus would prompt Paul Dolan to sell the Indians? Uh, I, that's a, that's I, a loaded I, question. Right? Wow. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't – never having been privy to the financial uh, situation of the Indians, I, I haven't seen their books, so I don't know. But the, the only thing is the, the difference between the Indians and the majority of, the, of baseball owners out there is that the Indians are the Dolan's business. That's it. That, that's, what they, that's what they're in business for now. You know, uh, owners of different teams have, have their side businesses and, or have their main businesses and baseball is their side business. Uh, so they don't necessarily need to make profits that way. The, the, the Indians are the, are the whole shooting match for the, for the Dolan's. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think they're going to take a hit. You know, I would think – they were very, uh, you know, obviously uh, Chris Antonetti said, uh, you know, that, that uh, the financial losses that the, the, the Indians will absorb this, this year, whether they play or not, are, you know, kind of close to staggering, I think. Uh, but um, does that mean, Dole, uh, will that force the Dolans to sell? I, I, I don't think so. I think uh, Paul Dolan and his family will, will always own at least a piece of the, the Indians. I think it's, you know, they've made a commitment that way. But, uh, you know, we saw with John Sherman before he purchased the, uh, the Royals that he was in line, at least according to Commissioner Rob Manfred, that he was in line to become the majority owner of, of the Indians. So I think that possibility exists. But uh, it is, is Dolan going to sell him lock, stock, and barrel? I don't think so. But I think you're going to see a very, very conservative approach to this uh, after this season ends. Uh, to uh, free agency, to to the payroll. I think, uh, you know, I don't know if it would be a full rebuild that follows this, but I think there's going to be, uh, you know, some, uh, you know, some belt tightening is going to definitely take place. Yeah, you're, we're going to see some sort of fallout, in, in, if not in the immediate next year in, in 2021, 
than than definitely in in the years following that. Okay, we got one more, uh, Joe. This is from Joe Sepik from Powell. Does MLB have any plans of honoring Jackie Robinson, Breast Cancer Awareness, Player Appreciation Weekend, or any of the other regular uh, season events that come with a traditional season? I I haven't heard of any, uh, you know, plans. That we're, we're already going to be passed, uh, you know, the Mother's Day Breast Cancer and the Father's Day uh, you know, prostate cancer awareness with the, with the pink and blue bats. And, and, uh, I, I would say you've probably got what, uh, Labor Day coming yeah, up at the, Day. at the end of the year, but they don't really do anything for that. Uh, the players weekend is usually later on in, in that. And I, I would find it kind of awkward and kind of funny and, and, and weird to, to be celebrating, you know, players weekend in a, in a season, a shortened season where there was so much acrimony. Uh, in the negotiations. Uh, the one thing I do know that will be taking place, uh, it'll, it'll look a little, little different. The the White Sox and the Cardinals uh, will be on the schedule for that game at the Field of Dreams. So uh, originally the Yankees were supposed to play the White Sox at the Field of Dreams in Dyersville, Iowa, uh, in the cornfield where they, they actually built a separate uh, ballpark and, and stadium uh, up to major league specifications, but, but it's like adjacent to the original field of dreams and, and people will be allowed around there. So that game is still going to be going on, but that's not going to be known when and where until we get the schedule sometime next week. Yeah. And, you know, without any fans, you know, you know, base, uh, you know, every team, you know, loads its uh, schedule with promotions and the promotions are for the fans. So, you know, Jackie Robinson and, and player appreciation weekend, the fans, one of the driving forces behind all that are fans. And if there's no fans in the stands, I, I don't know what the point is of, of, uh, you know, doing the promotion schedule. And I think that's what Joe is asking about here. So right. will you know, I, will they honor, you know, this is the, uh, what the hundredth anniversary of the 1920 Indians winning the world series championship. You know, will they will them will they be honored? We we don't know that. I think, uh, you know, we'll have to wait to see how the season unfolds. But uh, without fans in the stands, that really takes away from the promotions. You know, are they going to have fireworks every Friday? <laughs> I don't think so. Well, and I wonder. I, what I don't mean to be uh, right. You know, right. No. 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 About that. Right. And and I I wonder. I have a legitimate wonder. What are they going to do with the pallets full of bobbleheads that they they had ordered for? For the promotion, Shane Bieber bobbleheads, uh, Carlos Santana, Roberto Perez. Man, I wanted those bobbleheads. I wanted to put those on my on my shelf. I <laughs> I was looking forward to that. It was going to fill out my whole roster next year, Joe. Or maybe they give them away at the end of the year. <laughs> I I don't know. You got to do something, or maybe maybe you get like the whole collection of them if you sign up for season tickets for next year. Who knows? Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, it's a good question. We don't know a lot of details from the club necessarily about that. So, all right. Uh, we did just get uh, a tweet from John uh, Heyman, um, tweeted that Major League Baseball is expected to announce their regular season schedule next week. The Players Union has signed off on it, and teams are making their final requests right now. So, uh, there is a schedule. It will be released some point next week, and, and we will find out at least when they're playing these games. Yeah, that's that, you got to have a schedule to, to know when they're <laughs> going to play the games. Uh, 
speaking of schedule, knowing when they're playing games on this date in Indians history, a uh, pretty significant date. I, I believe Jim Tomey hit the longest home run in progressive field history uh, against the Royals on this date. Uh, uh, I forget the exact year, but uh, I can still picture that ball leaving the ballpark. I can picture Dennis uh, Manloff tracking it down. Wow. All <laughs> the way out there. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, also on this date, though, uh, pretty significant that at two, the Indians have hit for the cycle nine times in, the, in their history, and twice it's happened on this date. Uh, once in 1970 and once in 2016. Rajay Davis, the, the, the 2016 one, and um, I, I, I believe. Thunder Thornton. Uh, no, it was uh, um, Tony Horton. Tony Horton. Tony Horton. Sounds sounds like a a restaurant chain there for a second, but no, it was Tony Horton. Uh, he hit for the cycle in 1970, and uh, you know, unfortunately, that was his final year in the in the big leagues. He retired at the end of the year, but but the Roger Davis one actually was was unique because he's one of only, I believe, two to to do so in reverse order. He started with the home run and ended with the single. Yeah, I, I read your story today and on this date in uh, Indians history, Joe, and I, I was at that game, and I forgot he did it in reverse order because it was almost an afterthought. You know, he gets a single. I thought I think he got a single in the ninth inning, didn't he? Ninth inning, Something yeah. Something like that, yeah. So it was weird. It was like, uh-oh, you know, there's the – you know, you're kind of – you had the game story written, and then, uh-oh, there goes – there's somebody hits from the cycle. Well, and, and also the reason why it was an afterthought was because the Indians were losing that game, and it snapped their 14-game winning streak. Yeah. They, and, and, they played 19 innings a day, the night before, right? Right. They played 19 innings on Canada Day the day before. and It was, uh, you know, significant because Trevor Bauer came in and I think pitched like the last five innings and was, yeah, was, that un, was un, untouchable. Yeah, that was the night he was supposed to pitch, supposed to start the next day. Mm-hmm. They got him up there, and that was really kind of the game where he won the clubhouse over, you know, because he had always been kind of an eccentric guy, and they didn't know if he would uh, kind of step up, and he did and did a great job. I remember uh, – um, oh, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, who, who was the guy? Uh, party at uh, – party at Napoli, Napoli, Larry Napoli. He goes, I, Napoli went like up Napoli. and hugged him, and he goes, yeah, party, party at Bowers. You know, it was, <laughs> it was one of those moments, you know, where the guy, he kind of won the clubhouse over because, you know, what he did, he put, put, his, uh, you know, he put himself on the line and, and produced. Right, and, and for Roger Davis, uh, he had never hit a, a cycle at any level, uh, you know, little league, high school, college, anything like that. He was – he had never hit for the cycle anywhere, and this was his first time doing so. The best cycle I ever saw, Joe, was Hafner's at the, huh. at the Metrodome. And, you know, he hit the cycle, and then half the power, the power grid in half the country went out. And was that, uh, that was the night of the blackout? Yeah, that was the night of the blackout. No. I always blamed Hafner for that. And wow. <laughs> Mike Seggy Mike earned a gold star for uh, getting the Indians out of Minneapolis that night because they shut down the airport. I still don't know how he got out. I wow. still, we, Sheldon Ocker and me were going to the airport. We got there. They shut it down. We had to turn around and go back to our hotel. But the Indians got out of Minneapolis and, and got into Cleveland with, with the country shut down. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I remember that Hafner uh, cycle because I believe it was the triple that he hit. Yeah. It was at the, it was at the Metrodome. 
the triple that he hit was like uh, like one of those worm burners on the golf course. It, it never got he, – he sort of laid the bat on the ground, and it stayed down, and it rolled yeah, yeah. all the way into the gap in right center. And, and here's Hafner trucking around the bases and, and diving into third. So uh, that was the, the, the part that stuck out for me. But it was, it was 25 years uh, between Andre Thornton's cycle and, and Travis Hafner's. Wow. Yeah, yeah so. that's a rarity. I saw, I saw Oda B. McDowell hit, a, hit for the cycle against the Indians when he played for Texas. I'm almost sure I saw that, but I, oh, I, can't, I, can't, I can't verify it. <laughs> they, they do all run together a little bit, don't they? All right, Hoinsey, uh, we are one day away from first workouts, and Friday we'll, we'll get to – hopefully we get some pictures and some, uh, some audio from the players and, uh, and some availability with Tito. So we'll, we'll have a little bit more to report uh, tomorrow. Actually, we're going to uh, talk to our minor league insider, uh, Todd Paquette, and, and get his insights as to how this uh, season shutdown is going to affect the minor leagues next year. So we'll have a lot of information in tomorrow's show. Uh, again, looking forward to that. Uh, and, and see you next time on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe. Thanks, man.